0: You know, I was in Mexico City. The guy says to me, we're late. I said, no, you're late. I'm not late. (laughs) I have no idea where I am. So wonderful people there, but, you know, it's a different country. (laughs) Over there, red light is advice. (laughs) It's advice. That's what it is. We think you should stop. We suggest you stop. You don't have to stop. Okay. Building self-esteem in children. <coughs> this is a big subject, self-esteem. I call it LSE, low self-esteem or LSI, low self-image. This is like going around the world. Rav Hovazachayim the told me, one of the reasons that there's low self-esteem today, how did the subject come up? I was taking a walk to a yeshiva I said a shmuz on Shabbos. A yeshiva gedola in Vegan, Vagan. He was walking to Bayez Vagan also to say a shmuz was in Kol terror. So we met. And I asked him a question. Baruch Hashem, he was very nice to me for many, for several decades. He knew me, etc. There's a thing called the Cheshben HaNefesh. You know, Cheshben HaNefesh is, you know, an accounting of the soul I don't tell people to do that anymore. You know why? It produces depression. So I asked them, like, you know, you know not, not doing kashmen in, hanefesh in, in Musa is like heresy. Did these machines run? Yeah. yeah. That's heresy. How can you not do kashmen in- hanefesh? So he said to me, you no, know, today the big Cheshmana Nefesh is. Nefesh what I do right today. Now it doesn't mean that you're supposed to stop here. But there's a big rule. Doctors only uh, only operate on healthy people. There's a certain level of health you need to have in order to be operating on. So people are too sick to be operated on. So an, uh, the, the standard classic Cheshmana Nefesh is an operation. So you start building yourself up by noticing what you did right, and feeling good about it, and then when you're healthy enough, then you can graduate to what once was the assumed cheshmer hanefesh. So he says to me, why is it that people have... One of the reasons he gave me was technology. What's technology? Technology is you you manipulate things. You press buttons, you make things happen, you... you, you uh, they don't really do anything. There's, no, there's no, no concrete hard work produced, which produces a tangible uh, uh, finished product. Uh, uh, for years I said one of the reasons for low self-image is the assembly line. You know, and this guy, this order worker, is standing by these cars all day long, and he's screwing in the f- one, one screw into one fender all day long. That's all he's doing. And at the end of the day, he points at a finished card and says, You see this row under that fender? That's my scroll. The idea of working hard and, and coming to a tangible, concrete conclusion has to a great degree been lost. He told me, we were, I remember we were waiting for a red light. He says to me, He said, how many, how many diagnoses are wrong? Medical diagnoses are wrong in the city. He said 50%, which is a scary number. He said he knows a cardiologist who figured out a program how to diagnose heart disease. He taught his secretary to program, and now his secretary makes the diagnosis work. So, low self esteem, before we even begin this handout, you have to know, okay, that. There is no substitute for giving a person a real challenge, a tangible challenge that has hard work to it, and I'm achieving it. Now that's with the condition that that they are given the tools to do the hard work, and that's within their ability to accomplish it. It's like I pay somebody a large amount of money twice a week, 200 shekel each time. That's 400 shekel a week, that's 1,600 shekel a month. That's about $400, $370 to come and work out with me. Okay? I pay him to torture me. It's really actually not, you know, it's really not a lot of fun. Yeah? But, what is it? It's controlled adversity. Push! That's about the only word he knows in English. is push. And you can do it. That's about it. But what is it? You push hard, a little bit. It's controlled diversity. Anytime time I, if I'm dizzy or nauseous, and it's never happened that I was nauseous. Once or twice I got dizzy. It stopped immediately. It's controlled diversity. It's con- it's hard work, but it is pikoach. It's you're only given things to do that you can do, and 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 you're given a goal that's achievable, and you're given the and you're given the the uh, how do you say the hadracha. Uh, the guidance yeah they have no language anymore yeah and you give them the guidance to achieve it you would have said hadracha; they would have uh, I said hadracha. yeah okay okay so that's it you know yeah so if you want to build self-esteem in yourself and in your children you give them things to do that are in line with their abilities and those abilities have to be treasured have to be really important they have to matter and give them, give them something to do. And when they're finished, you don't have to say, hey, you know, you, you know, you're great, you're terrific, you're wonderful. They'll know it themselves. It's not that you should never say it. There's a bit of an inflation today on, uh, on, on platitudes. How people, you know, describe Rav Hagoyim. I, I was in London for a week after Sukkot. So they faxed me the write-up from the Jewish Tribune. Legendary mashgiach. Gosh, I'm a legendary Meshkech. I mean, that's like, that's pretty, you know, I, I hope they mean legend in his own lifetime. hope that's what they meant. But, you know, I'm a legendary Meshkech, my gosh. You know, you know, the people, you know, oh, that was great, that was terrific, that was wonderful, there's a bit of an inflation. It doesn't mean you shouldn't encourage your children, but, like, not everything requires, you know, you know, four, 50 smiley stickers. The satisfaction a person gets... It's from their own feeling of self-worth that they did this something worth doing. If a child does woodworking as a side with his father, if it's in line with his talents. So that's, you know, you step back after six months and there's a cabinet. I'm just that's an example that comes to mind. Of course, uh, people here, we hope and we wish to give the children the tools that their self-esteem because some hard work and learning Torah and building character I'm not <coughs> I'm not, <coughs> not I'm not denying that all I'm saying is the moving parts of self-esteem <laughs> if I don't finish it it doesn't mean it's not good it's fine say, did you want it hotter? <laughs> no but it's fine it's just you know I'm fine I, 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 I think you know. half a teaspoon what? half a teaspoon okay so you know I'm wired, but I'll have more. You're not supposed to kick your body all the time. When okay, you have to have it's. You know, I judge a driver by how often he has to use the brakes real quick, real hard. As much as possible, it should be a smooth ride. Okay, sometimes you need to rest. It's very simple. Now, I can teach you how to do that. Uh, being exhausted helps, but it's not the only requirement. When there is a deep connection between physical health as much as a person can achieve it. yeah, And, 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 and uh, being able to work hard and self-esteem. The people become great through illness, become noble through illness but that's not the route that we try and pick okay so this this is before we're giving it on the on the front the, the bottom rung is people need um, to be able to work hard achieve in doable concrete areas that are valued and that that will give self esteem okay um Another differentiation I look at this I don't, you know I don't you know I remember when I uh, yeah okay yeah okay we'll get to it I guess. self-esteem should not be because I'm better than you I've done more than you. I have a, a thousand more machized memorized than you, for instance stuff like that it's not relative. my self-esteem can't be contingent on you. It's just like we'll get to it but it's really important. Whatever I have, I carry around with me. Okay. So why does this seems to be such a problem today? One of them, one reason we said already, is technology. That's for Volpe's reason. Okay? One of his reasons. But 1A is a relation between low self-esteem and pessimism and high self-esteem and optimism. Now, I am not well-read in secular books. Not... I'm sure there are many that are worth reading, but I just don't have time to read them. But there is one book, which um, if you're able to get it and read it, it's worth reading. It's called The Optimistic Child. (coughs) The Optimistic Child was written by Martin Seligman, who taught that you can teach people to be optimistic. You can teach people the thought patterns that produce optimism, which is a very Jewish idea that a person ha- can have control of what's going to go on in their heads. You have to do have that control. He told of Shlomo Goldberg in Los Angeles that the most optimistic people he ever met are Orthodox Jews. And there are reasons for that. Okay? Uh, but he has, he has a very beautiful way of putting the difference between optimistic thinking and pessimistic thinking. A person got a forty-two on a math test. And he comes home and says, I'm stupid. I'll never be any good at math. Or I'll never be any good. That's a pessimistic it's global and it's personal. An optimistic person says, you know, I got a forty-two on a math test. Maybe I didn't study well enough. Maybe, you know, I should have gone to sleep on time. Maybe I should give up my my dreams of becoming an actuary. <laughs> it just could be just not a good at math. But it's not global forever, it's not personal, it's very specific and technical. A person who has high self-esteem does not pull himself down because they did poorly at something. This is very important. Self-esteem is not related to performance. Self-esteem is related to effort and character. Performance is relative. If we measure performance, that's already a relative term. I mentioned them, uh, I think when the girls school, when I was in England, they told me that there 's an Olympic runner or an Olympic cyclist who had broken all the world records, and he 's still working hard, working out real hard. So I said him, what are, you, "What are you training so hard for?" He said, "World records don 't mean anything to me it 's personal, my personal best that 's important. That says so much it 's my personal best that matters." Am I being true to myself? Am I being... Uh, am I working as hard as I could work? Now, nobody can work to the top every single day. There, there, there are dips. I was a mashkiach for two and a half years in a junior high school for gifted children in, in Jerusalem. It's clear to me that a very high intelligence is a greater a learning handicap than low intelligence. Because highly intelligent people become lazy, and they become arrogant. A person with a weaker intelligence has to work, so it works. And I've seen it. I've seen it. I mean, I mean. last year, my my grandchild was in, in a class with a Rebbe who was polishing his soul, raising his self-image, increasing the love for Torah. He was in my class close to 30 years ago. He was a a a a low vanity, inability, and and shyness. I mean, he like scored like sixty two and everything. This man is successful. He works hard, and, and you right you, you don't know, you don't know. I was three times. I was Rabbi Uri Zecharin from Los Angeles. Avzalman Uri. The name means anything to anyone here. He was head of the Bureau of Jewish Education <coughs> in Los Angeles. So I was here, a scholar in residence. So one of the years, I did some clear from observation. And one of them happened to be a student of mine from so about 17, 18 years ago. And we did a, she was teaching first grade, and it was beautiful to look at. She was watering each child with love, with attention, with, with praise, with encouragement. And I said to her, if to it, like, Andy, like, you know, it's terrific, like, wow. I no, um, huh? She said, I was a learning disabled kid. Mm-hmm. I promised myself I would not do to my students what, my, what was done to me. So she turned around her disability and created an amazingly meaningful and productive life. So the person has to know that we run a race against nobody, and what matters is how, how hard I worked, and that I do my personal best. That that you are swimming against current if you send your pl- child to a place called school. Schools take children and they measure them on a very s- small band of human endeavor and they group them by age. Now I suggest grouping them by, by earlobes. There's hanging earlobes okay. and attached earlobes. Why not? Uh, uh, or maybe eye color. Yeah. Age. Now I understand it's the best educated guess is age. Earlobes, as far as we know, do not are, are not indicative of, of intelligence or or coordination or stuff like that. So maybe earlobes is not the best way. But age. You know, a kid who was just four and a kid who was just five. is more than a year between them. And, and so then you put them together. And then you compare and contrast them. Put, you know, well, you're doing good, you're doing better, he's doing worse. In fact, teachers say the good children and the bad children when I use them saying stronger and weaker. But they say good and bad. Not that they mean good and bad in this literal sense, has to But there's that concept of, or the B class. You know what the B class means? The B class is, you know, you're not that bright. That's what a class means. So kids are... are, are uh, Rav Mataseo Shlita said, a teacher cannot give 20 children what they need. You can't. So therefore there's some kids who are not going to get what they need. And it causes problems. Now it doesn't mean that you should shut down the schools. But it does mean that when your child is in an institution called school, that you have to make sure that the person's self-esteem is not being corroded by the environment of... Him being told every day, you know, you're not so successful. You're not that bright. You're not, you know, you know. Just be quiet, and everything will be fine. Now, I was a teacher for many, many years. There's nothing more important to me in my life except for my family than helping a teacher, an elementary school teacher. Like, nothing else comes to that in 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 my priorities. There shouldn't be any misunderstandings here. But you have to know, a child in elementary school is an endangered species. You have to be on the alert. It's through no one's fault. That is the reality of school. It compares and contrasts people. Kids do not have a worked out inner world where they know who they are independent of what goes on around them. If you tell a child that you're stupid, you make him stupid. He'll believe you. So, have to be very, very careful, Okay. Um, now, there's also something else. Uh, I believe that there's a relationship between depression, optimism, pessimism, and self-image. Of course, is this a, you know? Am I in a good world? Am I in a world where I can make things happen, or really things aren't going to happen? So he also writes this. Dr. Seligman said, "What happened?" in the last fifty years. He says we changed from a society from accomplishment to feeling good. Does it make you happy? Was it fun? As long as it makes you happy, dear, are you happy now? He has control ten times a day if he's happy, so he starts you know, analyzing himself, Am I happy now? Does this make you happy? As long as it makes you happy, dear or oh, Rabbi, I enjoyed your share. Since when this has crept into our circles also? Since when is the determining factor whether the shir was a good shir, whether you enjoyed it or not? Something that has benefit you enjoy, but that's a byproduct. It's not a description of how we know it was successful or not. You know the Altif and Slobotsky, Now he gave the shmos. He would speak in a no, Tom. For hours. Or for 2 hours. You had to be interested in what he had to say. I wouldn't dare do that. Have to modulate my voice, have to tell. Sometimes and the people have heard me speak, haven't heard me sometimes I'll stop and I'll start telling stories. Usually airport stories. Why? Why? Because I need to keep, you know, okay, we need a break. I'm serious. We need a break. And and or else I'll lose the audience so now there's this book Tales Out of Shul she writes over there someone came up to me after a eulogy on a parent a parent at a parent's funeral and she said Rabbi I enjoyed your eulogy who said eulogies are meant to be enjoyed a Rabbi I'm not enjoying this 12 month period of mourning who says it's meant to be enjoyed who said anything, everything meant to be enjoyed happiness is a very 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 important part of a successful life because the ability to do hard things, which is meaning and a sense of accomplishment and self-worth, where do you get the energy to do hard things from? From happiness. I'm not I'm not inveighing against it. You have to be happy. But that's not my goal, to be happy. Because if it is your goal, and that's the goal that's made, then there's no case to be made against drugs. Heroin makes me happy. If that's the final arbiter... Of what's right and what's good, as long as it makes you happy, dear. Then a kid comes and says, "I want to take heroin." So then, that's your choice. It makes you happy, but that's not true. It's not true. So uh, today, where people are so much into this makes me feel good. It's fun, and you, you have this program called Sesame Street. You know, if they still have it, I don't know. Yeah, they still have it. Uh-huh. Yeah, updated version. updated version. Okay, look, the truth is, I've never seen it. <laughs> okay, I got it off the television in nineteen sixty-one. Yeah, so, I don't think they had Sesame Street then. But you know, a teacher, do you know, it's impossible. I can't. I don't have fifty thousand dollars to spend on teaching arithmetic. The threshold of what uh, the kid's attention span. I tell teachers eight minutes. You can't talk for more than eight minutes at a time because then you lose their attention. Television. Yeah? So it, it, everything is made so enjoyable. Now, I'm not saying learning shouldn't be enjoyable, but like there are limits. Does it have to be with color? With, you know, the computers do everything perfectly. You know that? They want to teach a kid how to read, how to do arithmetic. It's perfect. It's small steps. Beautiful. The color, the music. Immediate feedback immediate positive feedback. They're doing it all the right way. And kids like it. They have control. and go according to their pace. That's exactly what a teacher should do if it was one-on-one. But it's not one-on-one. It's one-on-twenty. Do you understand? And there isn't any beautiful color. No animation. There's no, you know. So kids are being taught if you don't enjoy it. So the kid starts to feel how do I feel now? Am I happy now? Did I really enjoy this? As opposed to feeling the happiness of doing something meaningful over a period of time that involves hard work. And then when they're finished, then I know I've done something. And I know I'm, I know I'm worth it. I'm worth something. Two people go up a mountain. One goes up, climbs up. And the other goes up in a helicopter. So who's happier? happier has a higher self-image? Who has more energy to do good things, important things in life? The guy that climbed up or the guy that went up in the helicopter? They're seeing the same vista, you know. The answer is the guy that climbed up. Because there is no uh, substitute for hard work. Again, hard work that is managed, that is directed, that is success-oriented. There should be no mistake about it. But people are... This is a problem today because things are made easier and easier and easier. And how does it feel now? Does that make you happy? Was it fun? Okay, I hope I'm not uh, uh, pushing down too many idols. Maybe in this room I'm not. But trust me, there's not, you know, uh, routine fear out there. What is the root mindset of of self-esteem? The root mindset of self-esteem is that God loves me and I am pure. And you can never, ever, ever take that away from me. And, you know, people want to know how do I get my kid to daven? Everybody has that question. Especially when davening is in a foreign language. The answer is God wants to hear from you. You're important, but that's the thought from very young. I tell my kids, you know, my youngest now is 13. I think, you know, Hashem loves you more than I do. He loves you more than I do. That's a lot. You understand? You cannot take that away from a person. Instead of making their self-esteem on how well did you do on something. I spoke before in the Besharkov about stress. It was a Besharkov, it was. It's called Torah family of Allah. Okay, sure. Okay, I, I is that, is that, was that a it did, did you a, rabbit, a little that yeah, That's so nice. Oh, boy, you know. Yeah, being in the Jewish cities, everything is, you know, everything we is We have poor. to make homemade pizza around here. This is Milwaukee. It happens to be one of my favorite cities. Even though I haven't been here for a few years, that's one of my favorite cities in the country. Yeah. Despite the <laughs> So we spoke about stress. So I'm not going to repeat what we spoke about in there, because that's not our subject. But one of the things I didn't say there is that stress has to do with how vitally important is this to happen, or else. I've got to get a, a, got to get, a, you know, 800. I think they're changing now the marketing systems and the SATs. Yeah? I have to get 800. Well, now 1,600 on the SATs. Or else i have to get into Harvard or else. The or else means I attach my self-worth to that. If I don't have that, so then I didn't, you know, they're just not making it. Living in a relative world versus an absolute one. (coughs) So I always say this over and... uh, Mrs. Delman and Mrs. Gotten have heard this from me um, the Mishnah says who is rich who is satisfied with his lot who is wise who learns from all people who is strong who conquers his inner space why doesn't he give the simple shot who is rich has a lot of money it's moral matter because that's relative what's called a lot depends on where you are whatever anything that's relative is not you it's not true. You. you have... You have a, any amount of money is only a, only a lot depending on where you are. An example I gave: you have 300 grand, 300,000 US dollars to buy a home. In Kampala, you can buy a palace. In Beverly Hills, you can buy a doghouse. You understand? And that's the truth. You buy a doghouse. Nice doghouse. You understand? So what's called a lot of money? I told them in, in the... Yeah. And Tam, okay, <laughs> she knows me inside out. Yeah, she, and Tam, that I am an ignoramus, and they looked at him, huh? You an ignoramus? Yes, I'm an ignoramus. I tell you, I tell you a story. There was a great, true named Rabbi Shlzev Gustman, the of Racha. Gustman was a giant in his time. They came in, they came in, and they offered him uh, a very esteemed position. It was, I believe it was Chief Rabbi of Jerusalem. And he said, there's a lot of COVID. And he turned it down. And and he told his tamidim, they could often be covered. He was a young Dayan. He was the last surviving Dayan on Rabbi Chaim best and in Vilna. He came into the room. He was must about 25. He walked into the room. Rabbi Chaim saw him. You know what Rabbi Chayim was? Rabbi saw him. He stood up for him, one of his Dayanim. Chafzhaim didn't know who this young man was, but if the Ub stands up for him, that's the halacha, and you stand up for him. So he stood up. Once the Kaimaj and the stand up, so all the other Rabbans in the room stood up for him. So Rabbi Guzman told this Tommy the coin of covet does not exist for me in this world anymore. You can't give me covet. Like once the Chavashaim and the Ukraine stand up for you, it's all downhill after that in covet. You stand? You just that's it. And, and things are relative. Say, Rav Guzman doesn't need any cover, You can't give him anything. I, I said over there that uh, someone came and asked me a question in Boston. And I said to them, my remember sitting right here, and he's saying to me, No, you can't answer that question. You're not qualified. And I was not qualified. I was not qualified. There was a machoikis between Rav Michal Tversky and Rav David Cohen and what the answer was, and the Yoshev Pasman, like Rav Michal people came in they want to we're keeping Taras Meshpocha but we're not keeping HaChakas should we keep HaChakas also the problem was that he wasn't Jewish he's, not, he's a guy so like I said my gosh you know this, this is a crazy place <laughs> yeah he's not Jewish she so wants to know about HaChakas also so it was a HaChakas say Paschum you understand It's like, you know, I can't answer that question. I mean, there are a lot of of questions I can't answer. But the point is, you think I'm a Tom? Kacham? I know I'm not. I have other points of reference. So, things are not relative. Things are absolute. Am I doing well? Is Noah Horowitz doing well? There's only one arbiter of that. And that's, am I doing the best I can, within reason, and 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 uh, staying, trying to stay humble. The fact that they say that I'm the legendary Mashgirk and all these introductions that I get, like you get, get swelled head. It's very dangerous. You may actually start believing people. So a couple of times, here I make sure I go to my brothers, and I'm the kid brother, and that's it. Now we sit in the car. Guess who sits in the back seat? There's only two seats in the front. Guess who sits in the back seat? Me, kid. It's very important to be kid. Yeah. We start taking ourselves too seriously. You can't live in a, in, an, in a relative world. You live in an absolute world. A child has to know his self-worth has, is not contingent on what's going on around him. He can take a point of reference and say, you know, Pliny, maybe you'd like to be like Pliny. Let's try, let's see what Pliny does. Some, some within reach. We could take inspiration from people. from say But within reason. Again, it can be hard, but it has to be doable. Okay, and that's between high self-esteem and ego, and humility versus low self-esteem. A humble person, his humility comes from from the absolute reality that I that God gives me gifts, and I am meant to use them. Low self-esteem is relative. I am stupider than you. I am poorer than you. I'm weaker than you. So my low self-esteem comes from you. Or arrogance is, I am richer than you. I'm smarter than you. I need it than you in order to feel good. High self esteem has nothing to do with that. Okay. Um, I want to go into this, some concrete ideas. Every handout has a plus and a minus like everything else in this world. Yeah? I want to make sure I get to the concrete ideas. But these are all important. We didn't say anything that was philosophical if you want I can give you a philosophy share but I'd rather not so let's get to the practical points most of them were um, just a child 553 five, 583 children are emotional and they react to nonverbal communication better than verbal communication word talk is cheap the younger the child that's for sure true an infant like an you talk to the kid. You should talk to the kid, but don't expect to accomplish anything when you talk to the kid. Okay? I'm talking about mothers talk to three-month-olds. Like, why don't you understand that he doesn't know what's going on? The answer is, you speak to him. You instinctively understand that a person needs to be spoken to. But you're not going to uh, accomplish anything with a three-month-old or even a year-old or two-year-old just with talking. It's not going to work. It's not his language. Alright? Nonverbal communication is touch, is expression on your face, is to your sincerity, the look in your eyes, the tone of voice. That's nonverbal. That's what gets through to kids. And that gets through to infants also, by the way. So let's take a look. <coughs> now, I don't want to depress anybody. I hope this is okay. If there are difficulties in the marriage, there is what to do. Okay? If I was making Birch HaShachar, I would have uh, included in Birch HaShachar Catholic. Because sometimes, I, I saw a letter of Aaron Feldman from Nevi Israel, Yisrael, showed me a letter, once from Rav Kotlo, Kotler, who said he has a Kabbalah, that sometimes the Mitzvah of redifish shalom is a Gat. Okay, we're not Catholics. Just that's not a good idea. Okay? Even though it is a very fierce city, and I know St. Mary's once uh, once sponsored me here, okay, okay. But it's just not it's not you know not a good idea, yeah. Do such a thing as a gift, but a lot of the time there's what to do. Five C two is from three months of age. There's a fellow named John Gottman. Yeah? Again, I sound like I read all these books. Uh, trust me, I'm not, yeah. I see. It's a short amount of time that you know me, so here I am. Like you know, it's not. It's like it's not. I'm not coming from there. But he has shown. You know, I I, I meet a half hour a week with a with a cardiologist from uh, the New York area. He's he's writing a book and giving speeches on a lot of different things. He's an expert on all the stuff. So he told me, uh, I meet him every, every Friday for a half hour. Yeah. He has shown this man. who's a uh, uh, Orthodox too, by the way, John Gottman. Yeah. If you know somebody who knows how to get onto the internet, so, so you, uh, so you type in his name, G O T T M A N, you will get reams and reams and reams and reams. He is the guru, guru today on, on marriage. It's unbelievable. He can. Okay, not important. But he has shown that kids from three months and up consensus is shown by his nails. Three months. Gosh. Okay? And it has a lot to do with self-esteem. Now, let's take a look at some concrete ideas. Okay? To look on our faces when they come home. Make sure when that kid walks through the door that it's clear to him that you're happy to see him. I remember uh, our children, when they would get to the point where they can climb out of the crib by themselves, so I would take a photograph because it was a great happy moment, not to my wife. <laughs> oh, gosh, now you taking the of the crib. Yeah. Now there's no safe place. We used to, we used to have a um, a reasonably expensive gla- glass vase in the, in the living room table. And, Ruch Hashem, you know, I, ca- I came into the United States today. Not today, Thursday. And the guy asked me, "When are you? What are you, what are you doing in America?" So I said, "I'm giving talks on child raising." says, How many children do you have? So I said, I have 12 children. So he said, Oh, you can give classes on child raising. to stamp my passport <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So, so anyway, so we had, my wife said, Look, that's the one thing in the house that they can't touch. Everything in the house is plastic. Yeah, you know, the couch is an old couch. Let them, you know, let's let them, Let them live. Yeah. But the one thing, this glass vase. One thing like the eight sandals. One thing now, yeah. Well, we had a glass vase. <laughs> it's, it's gone, yeah. Are you happy he's home? He's happy. What's the look? It's, it speaks volumes to them. It's nonverbal and it's instantaneous. A broad-based appreciation for talents. A kid who works hard at at woodworking, of course, you know, he should he should go to school, by the way, and he should do his homework, and he should learn. He should have kishmak and learning. But it's good to have a project. If the kid is musical, if the kid has different, the kid has a good, nice character, the kid's helpful, the kid's forgiving, the kid's a mavater. That gets on that gets onto the screen real big time. I'm looking at the tape recorders, because I'm wondering if I could tell a story that's, while it's being recorded. My first year as a teacher, I had a boy in the class. This boy was a wonderful kid, good character, but he was weak intelligence. He had a younger brother, who was uh, ajulik. Um, ajulik is a real terror and uh, he was very smart and very intelligent and quick and his parents were not intelligent enough to give cover to the older one to his character all that mattered was scholastic achievement he used to be my son the doctor today it's my son the Rosh if you make it as a Rosh then it's fine if not no good so the younger one he came into my classroom he stood by the door imagine a 10 year old boy he stood by the door of my classroom and he went to his older brother like that with his finger. You come here now. So I called him over to my desk, okay? And I gave him a slap. And I looked out of the corner of my eye and watched him. boy. He was the chef. For once, somebody stood up for him. Now, I'm not saying you should do that, yeah? But this you have to have appreciation for children. When my kids come home, with a report card. Now they don't have report cards anymore. But I'm looking at the actual my thirteen Alkani has one still. Yeah. So I look at the left side of the report card first, and that's what I look at. And then okay, let's take a look and see. Yeah. You know what do, what grades you got. But that's then I say grades are degrading. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So that they, they be appreciated. People know how to cook. You know, that's kosher. My son, my oldest boy, he's 34 now. It was a very big kept secret that when he went out that he didn't know how to cook. My, all my oldest kids are very, very excellent cooks. You have four, four kids under three. So, you know, it starts, you know, they have to know how to do something. And not at that age, but, you know, they get older. He not how to cook. He's an expert cook. You know, that's bad news. You know, Bachelor is not, I mean, he's not into learning because he knows how to cook. Oh, no. Like a whole bunch of my kids they can make Shabbat, it's not a problem there's appreciation for that consulting them when you can. everyone has to what to give in the family everyone has a role, has thing to do you're part of things consulting them when you can you know a telephone a, tel- a telephone A telescope on the moon sees a lot more clearly than one on Earth. Kids who are close to an age. You have a child who's 10 can tell you volumes about a five year old sibling, more than you can see yourself. Ask. Doesn't mean you have to obey them. But you know, there might be some real good information. When you sincerely consult someone about what they think about something, then you're giving them a non-verbal message. Uh, you know, I want to know what you have to say. That's, I, I, you build it self-esteem. It's real. I don't, I, don't, I don't have any tricks for you. You consult. You ask. What do you think? And you'd be surprised what they've got to say. Then they may have a lot to say if you let them talk. Taking care when appropriate, vis a vis being from the youngest in his class, understand the elementary school. Yeah. Okay? We cannot give general rules about human beings. Human beings, you know, do not behave according to the laws of physics like, you know, metal balls do. Yeah? You can predict how fast the metal ball is going to fall yeah based on you know the uh, the height yeah. huh? but human beings you can't predict however it is preferable for a child not to be the youngest in his class you know, it's it, uh, again. It needs to be investigated carefully. A child of normal intelligence, normal coordination, normal height. I understand those are all advised words. Yeah. It should not be the youngest in this class. Because a kid who is just four, a kid who is just five, is a lot less. Is more than a year younger than a kid who is just six in coordination, in height, in social skills, in abstract thinking. And even if the kid is intelligent, and has a good intent, retentive memory. And it could rattle off the pesukim to you. When it happens is they hit fifth grade, and they have to start abstract thinking. Boys start learning tomorrow, <coughs> girls also start thinking about ideas. He's not ready. He's intelligent, but he's not mature. It's two different things. It's just like learning disabled doesn't mean you're stupid. It just means you need a different you need a different uh, a different line. If the brain works differently. So why? You can have uh, hardly intelligent people who have a uh, learning disability, like Winston Churchill, for instance. He was an intelligent man, but he had ADD. So, self-esteem in a child is relative. A child does not have his internal world worked out. Do not push your child into a class where he's going to be the youngest, unless you have clear reason to do so. There's, he's highly intelligent, highly coordinated, quick. and Then you leave him back so he becomes lazy. The there are reasons you shouldn't leave back or start earlier. But the youngest is 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 not by itself a good thing. Okay? And, and not in school, yeah. You know? I'm in the family's different. I'm the youngest in the family, and it's real great to be the youngest in the family, because as long as you're appreciably younger than the other ones, and end up reasonably cute so they get taken care of. <laughs> yeah, then it's okay to be the youngest. Yeah. Elementary schools, you have to know. Now, I, it's a, a pretty small city. I don't know who I'm talking to here. Like, I know the names of three you know, uh, people here. Um, and one of you don't even live in Milwaukee. Uh, so I, mean, I don't know who I'm talking to. But in case you're not a teacher... So you have to develop a relationship with a teacher beforehand. There's a very, very big rule in life. Any relationship that may have stress in it, prepare beforehand, before the stress comes. People go to dentists when they when their teeth therapy. It's not a time to go to a dentist. You go to a dentist to make sure that your teeth are okay and, and get instruction in dental hygiene. Yeah, you floss. You do all kinds of stuff. You don't get go when you hit, when your teeth are already starting to you know go. It's the same thing. Make sure that that teacher has met you, knows that you are a person who you could, who, who can talk to. When I when I started teaching, I thought, "Of course, I've told everything. have to call them in right away and let them know what's doing." You know, it's not true. It's not true. Uh, people can be unreasonable and you know as Marshall Foch said in the first world war the first de- best defense is an offense so sometimes they start attacking you it's got to but build the relationship that that teacher should know who you are that you show that teacher gratitude teachers are human send a note every Monday every Sunday morning or Monday morning however it is here send a note to the teacher saying Dvaira said over something from the Pasha I see that you know uh, she's really happy in math this year. Whatever it might be, send a note of appreciation to the teacher. We 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 lack the foresight to thank people beforehand, and then when the crunch comes, they don't know who you are. They f- they remember X Y and Z parents coming, and they put you in the same, and they become defensive. Sometimes I won't even talk to you. Yeah, you talk to the principal. Yeah. Please, build a relationship beforehand. With a lot of praise, sincere praise. I'm not into telling anybody any tricks. Okay, it has to be real. Enjoying your time together and planning it together. The planning it is also very important. Why? Because it's a nonverbal message, but this is something I look forward to doing. You have to be able to... Uh, a relationship, this type of relationship isn't just business it was probably my last Monopoly game but I, uh, several years ago I was playing Monopoly with my son my doesn't hold from playing Monopoly and so I'm not advertising that you should play Monopoly but that was my son Yeah, I was playing Monopoly with my son someone came from an appointment who was 10 minutes early I said I'm sorry you're 10 minutes early I'm in the middle of a Monopoly game Yeah, and he so said he was very happy he came early because if I could play Monopoly with my kid so, he, so can he you understand that must be okay now I'm not I don't know if it's okay to play Monopoly with the kid but that's what I did if I have to choose between preparing my son for a test tomorrow or playing Monopoly with him there's no question that the test tomorrow is more important and if it's a test in Tyra it's for sure more important so you know what you need to do you need to hire somebody to prepare a test with him to prepare him for the test I'm playing monopoly I hope that doesn't make me your persona non grata in the city. I said I'm leaving tomorrow anyway. <laughs> yeah? Things that I personally cannot delegate. How about hiring a friend? How about hiring a father? No, that's a hire one. You understand? A-, a father plays monopoly with a kid. A mother plays monopoly with a kid. There isn't enough time to do both. Of course the learning is important. But that's business. You can hire someone to do that. Rav show was very clear. And I agree with him. You should not test kids at the Shabbos table. They come with, you know, 42 pages from the, from the parish. That's not from the Shabbos table. Why? Because it's not a Bechina. Let's say this kid knows everything. But his brother may not know everything. A kid who knows almost all the answers feels terrible when his brother knows all the answers and he missed one but I have identical twins it took me three years to tell them apart yeah and once when I forgot to check for the birthmark so one was fed twice and died twice and the other one's d- dirty and, hu- and, and hungry well, when, I, when I was taken it took my wife one day to tell the difference between them <laughs> so anyway it turns out that the Bar Mitzvah was on the same day yeah Okay. and so one had the first minion and one had the second minion so before the second minion my son says to me how did my brother do and I said to him he did fine he made three mistakes it was fine and he says to me Tati he said it he said it sincerely Tati should I make three mistakes because people are going to compare and I said no you don't have to just do it and he did it perfectly but he was willing to make three mistakes yeah. And I and I thought to myself, no, Rabbi Sol Salanta would have made three mistakes, right? So uh, someone came over with his collar, I didn't have the answer. So I used to this girl, like, you know, what do you think? You know, I would you know, i I I'm sure I told my son the right thing by telling him not to do it well, to do his best. <coughs> but you know Rabbi Shaw Solante, you know, would have made three mistakes and would have not too embarrassed. So she said to me, just lunch on the dime immediately. Yeah? She said, you have a resourceful salon to win the Shiloh. Your son had a Shiloh ready, then he had, you know, understand. So, and he was right. They compared, these idiots, compared, oh, he made three mistakes, and he did it perfectly. Like, you know, Debusier didn't give out the same amount of cycle to everybody. Do not please, make the Shabbos table a place where the kid is on show. A Shabbos table when your children is singing stories. When my kids were young, I used to have a cereal. Yeah? I'd have the hero hanging by the edge of the cliff and Ham <laughs> <b'shavu> Yeah? <laughs> and of course you make it up as you go along. Yeah, and uh, and and the the meal should be uncomplicated. You want to? You have guests. The meaning of creation should be discussed after birchas hamazon over tea and crumpets, and that's it. But not during the meal. <laughs> you know? You know how it feels to sit in a place where where people are talking about things that you don't really comprehend. Stellt euch ich habe mit der Gesprache ein bisschen versteckt nicht. Stellt euch mal, die Menschen verstehen ja jedes. Aber die verstehen nicht, die schwer zu Sache, die die sitzen. Man hält zu zwei Sachen, die verstehen nicht. Man guckt auf dem Dach, auf dem Fenster, auf dem Tier, auf dem Dreh, man kann nicht sitzen, als sie in der Stur, on, an, an, an zu verstehen, die, die schwer zu sitzen haben sollen. Hast du da Fehl? Now, if you understood me, <laughs> so that, that's the problem. you understand how kind magnifica that 's how a kid feels that 's how a kid feels when he 's talking about the meaning of creation. So what do you want from him? either he 's going to sit nicely because he must and you will pay for that. Or you will get up and get used to leaving the Shabbos table, and you don't have a Shabbos table. The Shabbos table has to be oriented to children. You have guests. They will enjoy, and that's right, the word is enjoy, enjoy being at a Shabbos table of a Jewish family with kids that well-behaved, kids are part of the program, and kids love their parents, and parents love their kids. You understand? That's Kirov. You want to have, uh, you know, a meaningful discussion, philosophical discussion. So then excuse the kids if you can't wait to tea and crumpets. So, so excuse the kids. But don't put them in situations where they, they are being shown off. Kids don't appreciate it. Kids don't appreciate it. Even like, you know, but I, I, I have now become a thing. Even though the kid might lack at the moment the attention... Deep down and maybe not so deep down, my father is using me see I'm my boy yeah. ah. I, well. yeah. I like more intense different The kid has to understand what 's going on. You can teach so many things through stories. Yeah. You can teach so many things. A story is the best way of teaching anything, yeah. and you sing, but intent, what do you mean by intense? I don't know, just something like more that I'm not on the level that they're not gonna you know, like when people start in Mefashtetnich kemen, I, I often do okay. okay Okay so I said, yeah, It's a visual aid okay. Yeah. At home, let children make mistakes defining perfectionism and how it affects self-image perfectionist as someone who cannot separate how good they are from how well they do please let people make mistakes you can begin with you begin with Jell-O Wanted to chicken how to cook I, of course you have to make sure the jell is not too hot yeah but jello is easy yeah they still eat jello. o no yeah they still eat jell yeah, okay But with jello, it is yellow jello and green jello, and you have these different kinds of molds. You could put them in. Hilchah Shabbat's a different question about moles and stuff like that. I'm not going to the halachah uh, Shabbat of it. Yeah. You we used to when my kids were really young. So we used to say, "Jello that's red belongs in your bed. Mm-hmm. Jello that's blue belongs in your shoe." Huh? And then we every you know. And it's, you know, it's, it should be a good geschmack. The Shabbos should be a good you Understand? It's it's meant to be enjoyed. The food should be the kind of food that they like, also. Yeah. But make them part of things. Are there any questions? We have At about fifteen age? minutes. Is that right? At what age do you start that? Ten minutes. <laughs> what? At what age would you start that? Start what? Like cooking. Well, cooking, I I do anyway. Mm-hmm. She's <laughs> <laughs> <No>, uh, <laughs> like the whole enjoyment at the Shabbos yeah. table and, and always. Look, uh, if the kid is uh, you know six months old, so then the, the difference isn't going to be the stories. They're not going to understand the stories anyway. The singing, okay, but you know, uh, kid is uh, four, three, three is not too old, not too young. Three, three is a person. It's a real person, three. Yeah? About the, being the youngest in the class, somebody has to be the youngest in the class. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. And I'll tell you myself. The only thing you know, I teach in, in, um, in, in, in seminary, I teach a course called Suryot Barash Gafah. So one of the few things I'm arrogant about is that at the end of the year of Suryot Barash nobody knows what my <laughs> like it's not like it doesn't matter what my hashcuffers are yeah I, I have a witness here no, nothing about my own personal coffers, yeah but there is one thing I tell them very clearly don't marry a boy who smokes I hope I'm not hurting anybody's feelings now look you know okay if you did so fine you know you look at the big picture and I'm sure there are other good things also <coughs> and we give out a whole bunch of reasons why it's not good to marry a boy who smokes And if they say he'll stop, if he says he'll stop, he won't stop. It's harder to get off of nicotine than it is off of heroin, physiologically. Yeah? So one girl said, but then who are they going to (laughs) marry? Like, you know. (laughs) Like, you know. But, you know. Not your child. Unless, again, uh, this is not cut in cement, cut in concrete. Because being the oldest child in a class which is clearly below the kids' developmental age but might be more harmful. Okay? Because, you know, uh, there's a very famous editor. Her name is Miriam Zekon. No, that's from Targum Press. So we have a very wonderful relationship. She says to me, what her work now in editing is, to dumb it up. Because people don't know English anymore. So she takes words beautifully written words and has to, you know, lower the level of the vocabulary in order for people to understand it. Yeah. Just to dumb it up. Yeah. What? Yeah. yeah. You know, is this germaine to our subject? How many people know what the word germaine means? They don't they don't, they don't they don't it's you know, the language is gone. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, um for sure. So therefore, then it's easier to correct a person who's a little, bit below, a little bit below, keep them up, than someone who's like clearly above everyone else and that's it. That's why you should not teach your child how to read before school. Please. There's so many things a mother could do with a kid. Take learning how to read is technical. And then the kid walks into the, is in the class, he knows how to read already. The teacher ignores him. And he becomes arrogant because I know how to read already. Mm-hmm. Like, leave it. And that's good advice, but all, it's also true that Abhishek Shamrokh Korolev says the same thing. Yeah, a mother, you know what a mother does? A mother's supposed to give a money to a kid. There's so many things a mother can give a kid. But it's, most of the time, it's better not to have a kid on the treadmill than a wife. He always has to struggle to keep up. That's why you want to send a kid to a top yeshiva ktana a top yeshiva gedala. and he's a me, so you know what you're going to do to him he's going to work his head off and get an 85 and the other kids who are you know only top kids go there and they, get, they don't even work at all and they get, they, they get a 95 and who's in the yeshiva you understand be very careful I have a couple from my rosh yeshiva and the chasnesh actually says the same thing there's a rule of la roy It's better to tail be the tail of a lion than the head of a weasel. It's not set on children. A great person who understands I'm in a tough environment, tough competition, I'll grow. But a kid, you know what he's gonna say? I'm the tail of a lion. He's just gonna remember the tail part. Because all day long around him people are answering questions he doesn't know. Ah, he's in the A class. Of a tough school, yeah? But he doesn't, he doesn't, that's not part of his life. Harvard could do that. Harvard is set up, one third of the class is going to be cut out before they're finished. But an adult chooses to go to Harvard, that's fine. You join the SEALs, only one out of a hundred get through. Fine. But elementary school, high school, the kid didn't pick to go there. <coughs> you can't put a kid in a situation where he's going to feel dumb all the time. And if you're in a place where you have only one class and you have to put in that class, then you have to consult what to do. It's true. But, then, then you have, but it's problem solving. Yes? Um, is the only way to deal with, let's say a parent is pretty good about um, building their child's self-esteem, but... You have a particular teacher that is constantly... How do you deal with that? How do you deal with it? This is is, uh, something that just came up, actually. Um, There are two things. First of all, whenever you have a question, whenever you have a problem, the first question you have to ask is, why? Like, why should a teacher be a little kid? Like, why? Yeah? That's first of all. Second of all, you don't know if it's true. Maybe he's not belittling the kid or doesn't think he's the the kid. You have to check out the terrain first. In the worst case scenario, where the teacher is not gonna change, and there's no other place to put the kid, you know something, you teach kids how to cope. Yeah? How to cope. A teacher who bewills you, feel sorry for her. Like like what should he get what should you get out of this? I know I'm okay you get that from the home yeah I remember I was with a uh, in a weekend we were a barrel of wine so it was a, at the last session It was a symposium so a person asked me um, I feel the school he, I think he's modern orthodox and the kid is the school is more fruim or the other way around I'm not sure I feel the school is undercutting me you know a school can't undercut a family huh? it's impossible a parent knows the kid longer, will know the kid longer, has more money, more time, more love. How could, you under, how could a school undercut a kid? A parent. So you put into that kid's, uh, the, first, the function of the first five years of life is to put in self esteem in this kid. So when he does meet things that, you know, he's going to meet people in the world who will put him down. And if he's Jewish, he's going to find out that there are people who don't like him. And if he's an Orthodox Jew, He'll find out he's a minority. He'll find out these things. Okay, you have to put in a lot of self-esteem, but while he's still in your control, then if that's your your goal. Your goal. In those years of life before he hits elementary school, it's God loves me. You know, Rav Shach a, once told a, a, someone who's close to me, a friends, He told Rav Shach said the following thing to him. Should always want to be the best, but not better than the other guy. You don't put in elitism that I'm better than you, yeah? But you know, you're someone, you're important, someone. It's a sharp reward. Always strive to be the best, but not better than the other guy. That's really what we said before about relativism and 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 how do you say Um, absolutism? after 9-11, people went to the schools to, to, to greet their children as they were coming out of school. They were happy to be alive, and they are happy their children were alive. Bez HaShem, you have a lot of nafas in these children, and they're going to be leaving school now. Make sure you put on a smile and show them you're happy to see them. Now, you know something? I don't think that anybody in this room that needs me to tell them that. That's the truth. So, okay, Thank you. Thank you. My pleasure. <laughs>